Well, kia ora everybody to the Commoners Communion podcast. I'm Strawn, and as I mentioned earlier this week, we're just interrupting the normal programming to talk about prayer in the face of the extreme and heartbreaking, the grieving, the angering, the frustrating, the confronting, and the numbing circumstance that we find ourselves in as we look at racial injustice, that we look at the... Um, the, the heart cries of a people who deserve and need to be heard. And a lot of people have been talking about the difficulty of prayer in this time. And yesterday, we started talking about listening as a form of communion with God and how that flows both between us and God and between us and others and how it increases compassion how, and how it confronts us. And today, I want to talk about intercession. Intercession being this sort of relationship of our crying out to God, what it can look like, how we do it, especially when we run out of words or when we have none. A number of years ago, I was at a funeral actually and talking to a friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. And he was he was looking pretty worn. And I mean, obviously we were at a funeral, so that was a big deal for him, but there was something deeper. And I asked him, man, what's going on with you? How How's life? I haven't seen you in so long. And sort of like really glim, he relayed this story about how him and his wife had been trying to get pregnant for a number of years. I think it was two or three years and it had just, they'd tried everything and it wasn't working and it was tearing their hearts apart. They were just deeply disappointed. And I was really struck by it, man. I felt for him. I was just grieved for him. I could see how much it was weighing on him. So I said to him, can I pray for you? He's not a believer or anything, so he was kind of like did that physical recoiling thing that happens when you offer to pray for someone in a public place. And he said, yeah, sure, totally. And I said, well, is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder? He said, absolutely not. I will not let you do that. I didn't realize he wanted to pray for me right now, and I felt a bit bad about it. So he said, look, man, I'll pray for you. And I left the wake, and I just could not get him off my heart. Like I'm talking about deep groaning grief out of the blue. It just took hold of me and I cried and I wept and I just, it was weird. It had kind of, it was this, almost this external thing where I must have been experiencing the grief of God and all I could say was, God, heal their bodies, heal their bodies. And I didn't, I didn't know what to say because I was kind of overwhelmed by this feeling that I had, but I knew that deep inside of me, it was my soul responding to their grief, asking for God to do something. And that lasted for three days. And then just it, just like it came, it just left instantly. And that was it. I never prayed about it again. I felt no pressure to, I had nothing else to say about it. It felt like it left me. Well, three months later, I just happened to bump into this guy again. I guess our families were connecting a lot um, after the wake and the funeral. And he was glowing. And I said, how are you doing, man? He was like, dude, I am. we are so good. I've got amazing news. We're pregnant. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Congratulations, man. I know how massive that was. Said, how did that happen? Like, how, long, how far along are you? And he said, three months. And I said, wait, that's like the same week that I saw you last. He's like, I know. Amazing, isn't it? And I knew deep in my soul, I was just like, thank you, God for answering the prayer that you prayed. And I think sometimes with prayer, we can get so caught up, and especially intercession, 
We can get so caught up on using the right words. But sometimes what God just is longing for us to be is a conduit of His grief, of His care, of His compassion, and allowing, just like we experienced in the prayer yesterday, for Him to move through us and outside of us. And so, in a lot of ways, intercession is more about allowing God to take hold of us. It's like that famous saying, break my heart for what breaks yours, God. What we're saying is allow us to be taken hold of what takes hold of you because we are aware of and know that we are are taken hold of by that kind of grief. We emanate intercession, care, and prayer. So intercession isn't just about allowing God to make that kind of space in our souls, but it's actually also about being brave enough to stay. And in a moment like this, when we're hearing the loud voices of oppression, when we are confronted with our own complicity into racism, into injustice, and it's everywhere in the world, like I've already shared this week, it is just as painful for me here in Aotearoa being confronted with my own complicity with racism and injustice here. The temptation is to dip our toes in. But intercession isn't just our allowing God to take hold. It's allowing ourselves to have the courage to say, come and stay, Holy Spirit. To be brave enough to sit in grief with the other, to carry their wounds and allow that kind of intense inner life to then project out, not just in words, but as emotion, as a living prayer before God. It's to allow ourselves to be wounded. And we're going to talk a bit more about that in the next episode tomorrow, about being wounded as a form of prayer and communion with God and how we process that. It's about choosing to feel when we can't or we don't want to. It is the miracle of feeling from God. There's a scripture in Romans 8.26 that I really have held onto for a long time in my own life. It talks about intercession like this. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The Spirit groans within us in wordless action. If you'll imagine with me for a second, it's like you and I at times right now with our compassion fatigue, with our overwhelming, with our not even knowing what we're meant to pray, are kind of like out there shipwrecked in the middle of the ocean. There is nothing there. And then we see this boat coming and we're like screaming out for help. Help, I am lost. I am sinking. I have no idea what to do. And this boat starts to move past. It's full of light and energy and life and joy, but it's also carrying. It's able to weather the storms. And I kind of see like the boat doesn't stop. The boat keeps moving, but it comes close enough, slow enough for us just to reach out and grab onto the boat. And that boat is the Holy Spirit that is already interceding, moving through the storm, moving towards this talos, this end place of correction and reconciliation and healing. That instead of us swimming to that place ourselves, we are reaching out, we are grabbing hold of the Holy Spirit and we are moving with Him, still in the water being carried by the trajectory of his love. That is 
intercession at its best. It is allowing the Holy Spirit to move and to groan and to speak beyond us. And there's a, um, another story, a scripture in 2 Peter 2. And Peter's talking about judgment and um, all these kinds of heavy topics. And he's doing sort of a, a, recollection, a recollection of the Hebrew history of God's interve- intervention. And in 2 Peter 2 verse 7, it says this, And if he rescued righteous Lot, he's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, He was tormenting his righteous soul over the lawless deeds that he saw and heard. If he rescued Lot in that way, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. And what I love about this is that God sees Lot's sort of, his groaning, his awkward tension, his just living in this place of turmoil and injustice where he sees things that are breaking God's heart. And it's not even saying that Lot was a great prayer or that he was incredibly active. It just said God saw the toil of his heart and how it grieved him and he rescued him because God will rescue and hear the prayers of the righteous. And so if you're in a place right now where you are just overwhelmed by grief, if you don't know what to do, if you find yourself crying or, or yelling or just numb or just watching tons of Netflix because you are so deeply disturbed, then know this, God hears your prayer, even the prayers you're not saying, even the prayers you don't know you're praying because He sees your pain as you look on at others' pain and He hears it as prayer. One night I was in a prayer room and I was just, I went there to pray during a prayer week for our church. And as I was there, I just felt deeply hurt about the mental health crisis in Aotearoa. We have one of the highest teen suicide rates in the world. Our depression is extreme. It is constant. We have suffered um, suicide in our own community And I was weeping and I was yelling and I didn't know what to say. I just, for about two and a half hours, I screamed, do something, do something. I had no, I didn't even know what needed to be done. I just said, do something, God. And I recognized that words were not enough. And I screamed and I yelled and I wailed on on the floor and my knees. I don't know where it came from. And then I got up and I left that room, knowing that God had been with me, knowing that He had taken hold of me, knowing that my grief was enough. Well, in that same building the next day, in walked a sex addictions counsellor that afternoon just to say, hey, I saw this building and I wonder what it was. Can I talk to you? And she'd been looking for a place to host addictions counselling with some of the most vulnerable people in our community, which was the old red light district in Auckland. That afternoon, a psychologist rang and said, hey, I want to give time to sitting with people processing their stuff. God hears our prayers, and it is not about being eloquent. Intercession is about allowing God to arrive, to stay, to do His work without pushing it away and going watching Netflix or having a drink or doing whatever we need to do to numb it. Intercession is taking hold of what the Holy Spirit is already doing and allowing Him to carry us. So a few closing thoughts. One, if you feel grieved, be brave enough to sit in it. 
be brave enough to sit in that grief. If you feel angry, be brave enough to sit in that anger and allow the Holy Spirit to pray through it. And if you feel numb, be brave enough to ask God to come and make residence in you, that you would feel what He feels, that you would intercede. Give every word you can to the injustice you see. Pray for the kingdom to come. Pray for transformation. And when you run out of words, pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is praying within you. Grab onto His boat, His lifeboat, as it rolls past you in the storm. And trust that God is enough. And so, Father, right now we invite you to take residence in us, to pray through us. Awaken us to the groan of your Spirit within us. Help us to grieve with those who are grieving. Help us to be angry with those who are angry. Help us to have hope for those who need hope. Holy Spirit, help us to pay attention to you and to listen. Teach us how to pray.